Hi everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the DIY Small Business Podcast. I am a web designer, business mentor and tech fairy and I'm excited to bring you another episode with an interesting conversation about building a small business. This time I spoke to Helen Wood about being an introvert and really managing that introvert energy to bring our message out there in sustainable ways. We also talked about creating beautiful marketing plans that feel good and thinking about pricing as well as overcoming self-doubt in our businesses and knowing our own needs and having good boundaries, which I think are such important and yet very complex themes to look at. So yeah, I'm excited to share this with you. Let me know what you think. Let us know if you have any questions about our work. Just a few announcements from me. Um, enrollment for the DIY business community is now closed until next year. Um, I am kind of really spending some time with the community. It's so beautiful to get to know everyone. We're having lots of group coaching calls and live classes that I'm running towards the end of the year. And so, yeah, I wanted to kind of have a little bit of time to think about how we're going to open up next year. If you're interested in that, um, do get on the wait list. Um, you can find it at yarrowdigital.com and I'll also add that to the show notes. Um, you can still work with me this year. I have a little bit of availability for mentoring, tech support, or web design, so feel free to get in touch if you're interested in that. And otherwise, I am also booking for spring next year. Um, yeah, I think that's all. Thank you so much for listening. Hey everyone, welcome. I'm speaking to Carolyn Wood today, which is really cool because Carolyn is also specializing in working with introverts and thinking about ways in which we can build businesses quietly. And I'm saying also that makes me feel like I've never really named that that's something I care about too. But obviously it is. I'm such an introvert myself and I know how difficult it can be to... Um, yeah, figure out ways to share about the work that we're doing and develop marketing plans that feel good and authentic and transparent while not drowning in the sense that only the loud people who shout their stuff on the rooftops can ever make it. So Carolyn, thank you so much for making time and for meeting me today. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you. It's really lovely to be here and it's always lovely to talk to another introvert, I think. Yes. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> we can't get out there enough. <laughs> no, true. So tell us what you're doing. Like, how would you describe your work at the moment? So what, it, what it's all about is I'm really helping, I really want to help introverts create introvert-friendly businesses. And I think you know, I've been talking about, thinking about this for quite a long time now, but I think it's really started to clarify in my mind that it's all about managing that introvert energy. So making sure that we're doing, spending that social energy on things that we really love and enjoy rather than perhaps trying to fit in with that, um, that loud extrovert messaging that's out there all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what it's about in terms of that. It's about helping people put in place a business model and the systems that make the business work for them as an introvert. Mm -hmm. But the other side that I'm really still getting my head around what I want it to look like is I really want to be able to also amplify other introverts' voices. So that's something I, I feel quite passionate about at the moment, but I haven't quite worked out what that's going to look like in my business. But I really want to help. For me, I think we see so many extroverts out there and every, I've, I've heard people say they don't think they can run a business because they're an, an introvert. Mm -hmm. And I'd really love to be able to case you know, do some case studies and really showcase other introverts so that people realize that, you know, you can be an introvert and still be really successful in business. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so true and really important to remember. And I agree with everything you said. And I want to add to that that I think sometimes there's also kind of some shame or lack of complexity in the way we think about ourselves as introverts or extroverts. So I think, for example, I know many people who are just perceived differently than they identify actually inside. And that can have so many different reasons. Like I have in my 20s often facilitated or taught groups, for example. And then when I told someone actually this is really like a lot of work for me. It takes me a long time to recover from that. They'd be really surprised. And and then I think there's um, definitely also extroverts who maybe feel like a little bit of shame for finding it easy to express themselves. And mm. that's a shame too. So I just feel like it's really difficult to find your own voice in this space. And And it's definitely true that it is easier if you find identifying your strengths and talking about them really openly easier um, to build a business and to build an audience to, to sell something at the end of the day to people. And so um, I also see more excitement though around the kinds of work that you do and that I do and more people being like, yeah, say I want to, and I want to work with other people that, that are willing to be in a quiet space together that feels good to both of us and that's really cool too yeah yeah it's really lovely I've seen more and more people like yourself um, and quite a few other people now who are talking about quiet business and being thoughtful and reflective and it's just it's really lovely to see people getting out and saying that message in a way that you know I think works for them it doesn't feel like it still seems authentic when you see it on social media I Mm -hmm. think people think or, you know, podcasts or wherever you want to be, that you can you can have a message and get it out there without having to be really mm-hmm. extroverted all the time and mm-hmm. getting your message out there. Yeah, I yeah. I think one of the things I said to you, I really enjoyed the podcast episode you did where you were talking about quitting social media. And I thought that was a really... A really, a really fascinating message to get out there that social media isn't the only way to, to market. Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. When I recorded that, it felt a little bit more like a rumble to me and I was a bit like, oh, I'm <laughs> going to do this again. I think I'll just record like a follow up a few months into having left social media. But yeah, <clears throat> I think, I think that social media for me, um, has has made me internalize a lot of these ideas that then have become complicated. And I still think, like I said in that episode, that there's a positive way to engage with social media. I got a lot of out of it. I can see why other people are getting a lot out of it. But I'm also really excited about this experiment now of really leaving mm-hmm. completely and seeing what that does to my business and to my message and to all of that. Yeah, I love what you said about bringing your message forth. And I think for many of us, the struggle is to know what that message even actually is, right? That's really hard because there are so many voices and sometimes it's difficult to know what's actually ours and to come back to our own values. So I'm wondering in your own work and in the work that you do with other people, what feels helpful in in supporting people and finding their message? I think uh, for me, it's. I think I've always known what my... I've always had this little message in the back of my head that I've known what it was and it's more having the confidence to share it rather than knowing what that message, you know, having to find that message from scratch. 
But I think what's really helped me get my message much clearer is just talking to other people about it. I find that even as an introvert, I find that having people questioning me about it and saying, what do you mean by that? Um, and just talking to people you know, about what I'm doing really helps to clarify even more what that message is. I think it, it's really, I, as an introvert, I think in particular, it's really easy to get stuck in your own brain and overthinking things. So I find by talking to other people and doing something non-introverty, I actually get more clarity. It's really interesting how that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yes, that makes total sense. I think it's interesting to realize where where there's clarity and where, where isn't, or like where people come with follow-up questions because it hasn't really been clear yet. Or also to see sometimes when I express something to someone and it's mirrored back to me and I'm like, oh no, actually that's not how I how I meant it and then I know like okay maybe there's like wording that that could be different that that would help really bring across what I mean to say so yeah I get that that's great yeah and yeah. another really important part, piece of your work is systems and I think that's really so important like when I I love systems <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that uh, so many of us stumble across sharing and marketing and finding our message because we don't have good systems in place. And mm. it can be such an energy drain to live and work in this space where you're always feeling like there's something not quite right. There's a few broken links or I don't actually know what happens when someone paid an invoice. What's the next step? You know, maybe my, my newsletter integration opt-in doesn't work properly. And like, Oh, how do I take payments? <laughs> All those different things. They can just weigh so heavily on someone who's actually trying yeah. to create a business or do creative work. Um, so yeah, I'm wondering what is your approach to systems and like how do you relate to them? What makes you feel excited about a good system? <laughs> I think for me, a good system is all about. That's what I mean about managing energy. It's like I really, even email, I think as an introvert can be socially draining. Like if you're having to think about what to say to someone, like I think getting words right is really stressful for introverts. So for me, it's just even simple things like saying, having a system in place so that, you know, you book in for a call and we have a chat and then I have a system set up so it sends out the contract and it sends out the invoice and everyone knows what's going to happen. Um, and you know, even having a system for booking that call because you know I live in Australia. The time zones are a nightmare with everyone. You know, even this week we switched over to to summertime, whereas everyone else hasn't. So that's just thrown everything out. So just having something like Acuity or Calendly in there that says this is the times I'm available. I don't need to talk to you about when I'm available because this magic little system will do it for me, and I can save my email you know energy for for a much more important email about how a client's going with something or, you know, if I want to collaborate with someone, how, you know, how we're going to work together, that kind of thing. I just, yeah, it's really about managing that energy. So I, I use it on things that actually make money in my business or bring me much more joy than, you know, mm -hmm. what time am I available for a call? Mm -hmm. Yes, that makes so much sense. And I think the scheduling is like really a beautiful, perfect example that I always bring up like that and just saves you so much time even if you do find emails and that those kinds of organizations easy it's just respectful of everyone's time to be like hey this is my calendar it automatically yeah. updates and I think there's also an element of like having good boundaries so this is I'm approaching my fifth year in business now and it's still something I'm thinking about sometimes and 
something that hasn't always been straightforward or black and white um, stuff like someone booking a free call and then canceling an hour beforehand or not showing up at all. And like, how do we yeah. handle that? And I think um, to, I think in the beginning and I, in the first few years of my business, I just really didn't have the confidence to say like, actually that's not okay. And uh, I need to be more careful with how I'm managing my energy here because like you, I live in Scotland. So when I'm working with people in the U S or in Canada, Northern America, um, it's usually the evening for me that is the overlap between us, but that's tricky. So I'm, you know, like I do try to offer some evening slots, but I also really want to spend some evenings with loved ones and go out for dinner or like go to the beach for a walk and stuff. And so, um, so if I then kind of block an evening out for calls and people sh don't show up, that's, that's, there's, there's some resentment because if it happened during yeah. the day, then I would be just like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do something else. But actually, you know, I could have had made social plans there. Anyway, that was a long ramble. And so, but in the beginning of my business, <laughs> I just didn't feel that I could con afford to have those boundaries almost. Like I was just too worried of upsetting people or turning potential business and money away to say like, actually you can reschedule once, but please email me. And if it's a no show, like, that's kind of not okay. Um, and I think that a good system and the right software supporting us really facilitates that in a really effortless way because I now, I need to fine tune this actually. But so for now, for example, I my, if people cannot automatically reschedule a call after 24 hours before the event, they then have to email me and say why they need to do that. And that kind of feels good to me. And it's also not something that I need to kind of manually enforce all the time in air quotes. It's just something that I have in place and that's great. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love how you can do that. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I've been the same. I now, you know, I don't do any calls on a Tuesday and pretty much not on a Friday either. Yeah. And when I first started out, it was like I would take a call any day that mm -hmm. anyone wanted to talk to me. And yeah. now I, I've worked out, actually, I need two days when I don't talk to people during the week and I do the work on my business yeah, and client work that doesn't require talking to people. Yeah. And mm -hmm. the calendar just makes that so easy. It's just like, well, mm -hmm. I'm just not available. You yeah. don't know why I'm not available. I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's actually also just a lot of power. Like I don't want there to be a story of shame of feeling like, oh, I need to take these two days off because I just don't have that much social capacity. Actually, this means that we're working really focused in a container and space that, that works for us. And it means we're delivering better work for our clients, which is great. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So thinking about boundaries and pricing, like what has that been like to for you to come to a place where you're respecting your time and your energy and you have good systems in place and boundaries and you know your needs and you also know what you need to charge, which is yep. not easy to know. Like what has that been like? Um, so pricing is one of the services that I do, helping people set their prices. I think for me it's been it's been really easy because I'm um, I'm a trained accountant so numbers are really easy for me and I think one of the things I found really interesting is I can sit down and say right I need to charge this much if I want to earn this and this is what my you know rough hourly rate needs to be that I need to factor into packages 
And so it's been really interesting that that's something that comes really naturally to me to make sure I'm charging enough that I see with my clients that that isn't a natural talent. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I've still discounted too much when I first started out in terms of trying to get clients. But I think I've now, because I now say to myself, well, this is how much you want to earn, Caroline, so you have to charge this. I don't discount anymore because I feel like, well, I wouldn't take a pay cut if I was working a job for an employer. So why would I do it? Because just because it's a person on the end of the phone actually doesn't mean that my skills are worth any less. So that's been an interesting mindset thing. I think actually knowing what my prices should be has been easy. The not discounting is what's taken a bit of time to to shift me into that that right spot for my income. Mm Yeah, <clears throat> that's really relatable to me. Um, I think in one way, running a small business, there's something really beautiful in kind of rehumanizing the relationship within trading mm. and having a business because we are kind of meeting each other face to face, which, you know, like <laughs> it's also something <laughs> difficult, but, but there's something cool about not always just trading with big corporations and being yeah. very disempowered in that relationship. But on the other hand, it also means that, yeah, there can be a lot of complexity and awkwardness around holding what we feel we need to charge and coming mm. to a place of understanding what that really means in terms of hourly rates and packages and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, um, I love what you said about this ability to kind of um, figure out what a price needs to be. And I just want to kind of flesh that out a little bit more because I really do think that it's something not enough people feel they can comfortably talk about. So, um, and you know, that's not to say that people can't do math and if they don't, then that's also fine. They can still do amazing work, but I think it's more about like an emotional barrier almost to be like, Mm. numbers, (laughs) it's so difficult, (laughs) you know, but actually I think what it just is, is like, sitting down and asking yourself what do I need in order to feel safe what do I need to feel abundant what do I feel to not need to feel not resentful of the work that I'm doing with people yeah and no, then exactly like, yeah how is that breaking down into numbers per month and then how much work can I actually do per month also mm. factoring in things like ability and time and other commitments and just making space for the fact that we're not all the same and we can't all yeah pull off a hard 48 for 40 hour work you know? <laughs> but, but just like being with the truth of what we can offer and seeing yeah. how that plays into numbers and how that breaks down and also looking at costs I mean that's really boring for a lot of us but I love doing a good system software and seeing like, <laughs> what what monthly costs are really actually needed yeah yeah what do you find in that work when you're doing that with clients like where do you see the biggest stumbling blocks I think it's even just the basic stuff that they just haven't thought about how that individual price that they're charging for, say, a coaching package or a coaching session, how that actually multiplies out to this is how much you'll be able to pay yourself after taking away the expenses. I think they there's a lot of advice out there about, um, you know, price your value, what what you know that what you value what you worth you give and I think particularly when you're starting out I mean I think that's just awful advice because I mean everyone I think when they start out has such 
um, uh, you know, concerns about their skills and whether mm-hmm. they can deliver. They really undervalue themselves. And I think that's where all this underpricing comes from because people have said you've got to, you know, price your value, what, what you're delivering to your clients. And I think when you're new, it's really hard mm. to get a proper sense of what you're delivering. Mm-hmm. Um, so for a lot of my clients, it's they've, they've followed that advice route without actually working out how much that means they're paying themselves. And then we just do the basic math to work out what they're paying them, you know, what they're paying themselves. And it's just like, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to to live off this number. You know, it's not, it's not going to work for me or I'm going to be working 80 hour weeks. Mm -hmm. And for most of my clients, that's not Mm -hmm. something they want to do. It's certainly not something I want to do. Mm -hmm. I do not, you know, that message about, you see on the um, social media all the time that, an entrepreneur is someone who works 80 hours so they don't have to spend 40 hours working for someone else. I'm just like, no. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I do not want to do that. Yeah, exactly. Hey, it's still a yeah. business. I still have other interests. Yeah, yeah, totally. And this idea that you will do whatever it takes, I think there is sometimes like really a sense in of a sense of determination I can feel in my body. I'm like, oh, yes, I will work this out, you know, like – and it's exciting to be in, in this process and to expand into it and to really like flex my muscles and see what it can do. But that will never be at the expense of my well-being or my time mm. or my energy. There's boundaries around that. And I never want to glorify overworking or busyness no. or any anything like that. And I think that's important, like this question of like, how many packages at what price would I have to sell to in order to make a living? Whatever making a living means to me is yeah. another really important question, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's a really big question to ask for people also who are thinking about leaving employment and transitioning into um having a business. And I just I'm just often surprised by how many people quit their job without being clear on what that would actually look like yeah (laughs) so So true (laughs) and I uh, that income thing is really interesting I've been reading uh, not recently I've just a few months ago now actually I finished reading Paul Jarvis's Company of One which is all about not growing for growth's sake and Mm -hmm. he gives some really good examples in there of people who've who've picked their income and there's one guy at the very beginning of the book who picks his income so that once he hits that amount, he just takes the next next three months off from his business because he's earned what he needs to for that year. And I just yeah. think that's a really wonderful attitude to have that you don't, you don't have to be striving for something that the world tells you you need to be earning. It's what, what is it that makes you happy and, yeah. and what you want to earn to make your mm-hmm. life better. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's so beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, I think this is not just about pricing and income. It's also asking about what is enough, um, mm. both in terms of income and growth and what we offer and how we, you know, like, yeah, how we interact with each other. And 
And there is this story that there's always more that we could reach for. We could always do better and train more. And it manifests in so many ways that are sometimes really sneaky. So in the beginning, Mm. for example, I often have spent way more money than I could actually afford on courses and trainings because I thought, oh, if I only learn this one more thing from this one more person who I perceive to have made it in air quotes, then I will feel more confident to charge more and just generally trust that my business will work out. And obviously sometimes I have worked, I have learned really great things from these people, but a lot of the time it came from a place of deep insecurity and like not understanding that there's, there's a sense of enoughness even that I could ever reach. And, Mm. and that feels nice now. Like I'm, in my business right now, there's still areas of growth where I'm fe- like really feeling that growth edge. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I just this could be a little bit better and easier for me. And actually, I would like to have more people in this program because I really do believe in it. Um, but there's not no longer the sense of like never enough, like this is a bottomless pit and I will never, you know, get to a sense of satisfaction. And the cool thing is also there isn't that much that I want anymore. I've just recently moved to a small village in Scotland, which meant that my living costs and quality of life has drastically shifted after living in a more metropolitan area that's way more expensive. And I just feel so content with that because it means like, I can take more creative risks. I can worry a lot less about what my retirement might one day look like. And all I want right now is to repay my student loan really quickly and create some kind of situation that means I will really have affordable housing for life, which probably means buying a small house and repaying it as quickly as I possibly can on a short-term mortgage. You know, it will still take a long time, but I don't want to pay it off into retirement. And and I think that's like, that's a fair enough thing to desire. And, um, and it, it won't mean that I have to work myself into the ground, I hope. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really love what you said about how growth is less. Yeah, so you can grow so you can do less. I think that's really, there's so many ways you can grow your business. Like, and you know, obviously for both of us, systems are a fabulous way to grow business. But I, I love that it means you can grow and actually spend less time on it because yeah. you've made it into a more mature business rather mm-hmm. than needing to constantly be finding more and more clients or products to sell or. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so too. Um, I am wondering like what your relationship to social media has been like. So we touched a little bit on like the, this thing that we kind of somehow have to share about what we're doing, unfortunately, otherwise no one will know. And also about like stories and messages that we sometimes take in. Like what has that been like for you and how has it shifted over time? I think for me, I've... So I've started, I really like, I'm finding that I'm having much better conversations on Instagram. So that's where I'm focusing now. And I think what I've found in the past probably six months, is I'm actually enjoying it more because I'm seeing it more as a way of meeting other business people rather than as a way of making sales. It doesn't mean I don't ask for a sale on social media. I do. But I, I feel like what I've really got out of it is making better connections with other people. 
And so, yeah, I'm sort of looking at, I really want to use social media, I think, more for that connection element and looking more at blog writing, SEO, Pinterest as to how I actually make sales through through that sort of raising awareness of my message rather than perhaps doing it through social media. It's been an interesting mm. sort of little progression I've made probably probably even in the last year. So just being and being more vulnerable on social media, which as an introvert and, you know, someone who's quite shy, I find really challenging mm. to do. But it's actually really nice to start those deeper conversations that aren't necessarily about, well, and by the way, buy my thing. Mm -hmm. It's actually about getting to know someone and having proper conversations. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Have you found that podcast? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did actually. Um, I uh, really love podcasting so, so much. I feel like it's a space for deeper conversations and almost like an extension of the conversations I used to have on social media. So feeling like um, I have met so many amazing people on Instagram and often that's been the first step of like getting to know someone better and maybe interviewing them or being interviewed on their podcast or just reading some blog posts. And, um, and I think in a way that really feels like something that wasn't available to me right from the start because like in the beginning everything had this very anxious anxious energy of like oh my god I just need to find the first client and and that made I think that added some awkwardness to making relations on on social media and then towards the end and I've left like a month and a half now I think but towards the end I was better able to do what you describe of just being like hey I think I have something to say and I want to share that with people and I'm going to see how it lands and I want to be in some kind of dialogue and yes I also have something to sell and that's important to mention um, but I, I have thick space both in my head and in my calendar now to also just show up to see what happens and um and I think that's really cool and I'm hoping to yeah experience more of that with podcasting um but like you said it's it's often not something that we start out with because there is a lot of Mm pressure to be vulnerable to show up very frequently to maintain a level of um presence in order to kind of not lose on the algorithm for example that's tricky yeah yeah I think I don't I do hashtags on Instagram and I probably need to look get better at doing them but I really don't want to waste too much energy trying to beat the algorithm because I just I think the way you beat the algorithm is by putting out good content Mm. and being open to good conversations it's not actually about what the latest trend is in images or Mm. um yeah so that's sort of how I yeah I just I just don't have the space or the space in terms of internally to actually Mm. worry about what the algorithm is doing today and Mm -hmm. and you know whether whether I've had enough hits on my Instagram post or not it's just not yeah what I want it to be about yeah yeah that makes sense and I think I almost want to kind of begin to trust that doing good work and like you said being kind and being open to good conversations is gonna be enough to um invite people into spreading the word of mouth as well I just love nothing more than being recommended it's such an honor if someone says I know your work and I trust you to 
enough to, to tell my friend that they might benefit from working with you. If you really think about that, that's huge, you know, for, for someone to make yeah. a recommendation. And then my experience, that is very often the, uh, that, that always it very often results in a yes, because I think trust is really, really important. And yeah. we build trust by knowing our own boundaries and creating spaces in which we can do good work. And that, you know, like you said, that might mean having two days a week of not taking any calls and knowing ourselves in that way. And I think, yeah, yeah I think that's powerful. So, <laughs> yeah. What do you yeah. do when you feel like, you're taking things in too much from, from other people of like, can you relate to the sense of introvert overwhelm on social media as well? Oh, definitely. And I, I've certainly um, unfollowed people on Facebook or in, particularly on Instagram. I've unfollowed people where I felt maybe not, probably comparisonitis where I can see it and it looks like they're doing amazing stuff and I start to look at it and think, oh my goodness, they're so much better than me. And, you know, I've got, I've got to the point now where if I start to feel like that, I just, you know, I unfriend them or I hide them at least for a certain period of time. And it's not about that I don't like that person or I think they're a bad person or anything like that. It's just their messaging is just affecting me too much internally. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think that's a really good tip for anyone who feels similar is that you can also just hide someone or I think it's called muting someone on Instagram mm. and they don't even have to know and it's totally okay yeah <laughs> yeah is there anything else that you would, <laughs> would like to what like well let me start the sentence again is there anything else that you would like <laughs> other introverted business owners to know Uh, I think for me, it's just, it's doing what feels manageable and sustainable to you. So I was talking to someone the other day who's an introvert and she'd just done a, a 30-day Facebook Live challenge where she was on Facebook Live every single day and she just felt exhausted at the end of it, which, I mean, I can't even imagine doing it. But, you know, it was a challenge. It seemed like a good idea at the time. I just think... You know, if you know that Facebook Live makes you exhausted, don't make that a consistent part of your business. Mm -hmm. You know, pick the things that make you feel happy and give you joy yeah. and that make you feel like you're making great connections and are making you money. You don't need to be doing these crazy things that are just <laughs> not going to in the long term. I'm really, you know, from being in business, I can really see how important consistency is. Mm-hmm in terms of generating sales and building relationships. So if you can't be consistent, you know, if you know that Facebook Live is not going to be a consistent thing for you, mm -hmm. just don't do it. Mm -hmm. Pick something you, that you know you're going to be able to keep doing in your business and managing mm -hmm. your energy rather than yeah. getting to the end of 30 days and feeling like you now need to lie down for a week just to get over that challenge that you've done. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That's a really That's good a big tip. Thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Well, before we go, I wonder what you're currently offering and where people can find you. Yeah, so I'm helping people to uh, make their businesses more introvert-friendly through business models but also through systems. And the two main things that I help people with are the pricing that we've already talked about. But the other service that I offer that really relates into what you say, said about recommendations 
it's helping people put in place a system to get those word-of-mouth recommendations. I think we get really anxious about asking for them. Mm-hmm. So about putting in place a system so that you are actually saying to people, hey, I've got a space in my calendar. If you know someone who'd be a really good fit, I would love for you to recommend them. So putting in place systems around that, they're sort of the two big offerings I have at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think your know, word of mouth is just the best marketing tool out there for introverts. It's mm-hmm. just you get on a call, you know the person is probably going to be a good fit because they've been recommended by someone that you like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a win for everyone all around. <laughs> and as you say, there's trust both ways, I think, then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, in terms of... Um, finding me my website is carolinemwood.com because there's too many caroline woods in the world so getting a domain name like that is horrendous and the same <laughs> with social media so social media i'm mainly on instagram and that's with um the username quietly caroline mm-hmm. oh that's sweet thank you so we'll link all that in the show notes as well if anyone didn't ca- catch it then that's really cool It'll be there caroline thank you so much for everything that you shared it was really beautiful and relaxing to talk to you as another introvert thank you hmm. it was lovely to talk to you too i always love hearing about other introvert experiences <laughs> me too